everyone, as you're tuning into Lighthouse. We're going to sing a little bit together. And I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah. Heaven comes to fight for me. Yeah. And I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm. Louder gonna hear my praises roar up from the ashes hope will arise death is defeated the king is alive yeah. and I'll raise a hallelujah with Inside of me, I raise a hallelujah. I will watch the darkness flee. I raise a hallelujah in the middle of the mystery. I raise a hallelujah, fear you lost your hold on me, yeah. I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm, louder and louder, you're gonna hear my breezes roar, up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated, the king is alive. We're going to sing a little louder in the presence of my enemies. I'll sing a little louder, louder than the unbelief. I'll sing a little louder. My weapon is a melody, so sing a little louder. Heaven comes to fight for me, so sing a little louder. In the presence of my enemies, we'll sing a little louder. Louder than the unbelief, I'll sing a little louder. My weapon is a melody, so sing a little louder. Heaven comes to fight for me, so sing a little louder. the storm louder and louder you're gonna hear my breathing roar up from the ashes hope will arise death is defeated the king is alive and I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm louder 
So I raise a hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah. I raise a Good. Oh, you 
Holy Spirit, come renew all of my strength. Walter. Hey, good morning, church. Thanks, Jordan. Really appreciate all you're doing and helping us out and leading us in worship, bringing us to the throne of grace. Hey, church family, it's good to see you here tonight. I see several people are watching with us online, joining us live. So, so thank you for doing that. Um, we're going to have a time of prayer, and then I'm going to uh, uh, lead us in a Bible uh, study. Uh, and uh, from the book of Proverbs, uh, you may have noticed that uh, Pastor Bobby is not here. Uh, you want to keep Pastor Bobby in your prayers. He had a medical issue and had to go to the hospital yesterday. They kept him overnight for observation. They're running some tests to make sure everything is okay. So uh, please be in prayer for Pastor Bobby, for for uh, Patty, and all those those kinds of things. And uh, we just we just know that God's going to be uh, protecting him, watching over him, bringing all the healing that's there. Uh, I do want to come into a time of prayer. A uh, lot of things to pray for. Uh, you know, we have we have this pandemic situation. We need to be praying for healing. Uh, and I encourage you just to go ahead. If there's a, a prayer request, put it on the chat bar. I'll try to keep up with that. Um, <clears throat> we also, uh, I believe, want to be praying for our schools uh, as they get started. Um, the teachers are already in school. I know in uh, St. John's, uh, County School District, I believe the, t the kids go back on August 31st, so teachers are preparing uh, for that now. We want to be in prayer for our family that is uh, our church family who've lost people uh, in their uh, in their lives. I want to be in prayer for the family of Pauline Pullen, ABC member Pauline Pullen. Uh, she passed away on Sunday. On Monday evening, Jack Torrent, age 96, uh, he and Mary have been members since 1997, so that'd be 23 years. Uh, they're over in Stark. He was over in Stark uh, living with their daughter, uh, watching over them. So I want to be in prayer for them. Uh, I see that uh, Patricia, Patricia is asking for prayer for your health. Patricia, we are praying for your health. Uh, Jean is uh, saying prayers for Bobby Crumb. Yep, prayers for Bobby Crumb. I uh, had a chance to text with him earlier today, and, and they're just awaiting some results of tests. Yeah, I want to be in prayer, prayer for him. Any other prayer requests that you want to mention? Uh, praise, prayer, uh, Marianne saying praise for mother-in-law's healing, a God-given miracle. God, we do have a Lord that is a miracle-working God. Praise the Lord. He does that. Yes, yes, amen. I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer. Then we'll, then we'll continue our series in uh, Wisdom of Solomon, something from Proverbs uh, mostly from Proverbs 18 today. Uh, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer.
Uh, Lord Jesus, I just thank you for giving us this time to gather together as church. Lord, some of us online live and some of us will be uh, watching later on. Lord, just to connect our hearts and, and prayers together. And Lord, we lift up our church. Lord, we lift up our church and, and the way you've watched over it during this pandemic situation. Lord, uh, you have been so merciful to us, so gracious to us. And Lord, all we can do is give you glory and praise. Lord Jesus, I pray that you be with us uh, as we ask for healing for those that need healing. And Lord, we do list, lift up Pastor Bobby Crum as he's awaiting those uh, test results in the hospital. Lord, I pray that uh, you bring healing to his body. Uh, Lord, uh, I pray you be with uh, uh, Pastor Bobby and with his wife, Patty, Lord, and just uh, give them all of you that they're going to need during this time, Lord. And, and just pray that that healing would be quick, that healing would be uh, successful, Lord, that the test results would be encouraging. Lord, I do lift up uh, Patricia's health. Lord, I do thank you for Mary Ann's uh, uh, mother-in-law uh, and the healing that came. Praise you for that. Uh, Lord, I, I do lift up uh, those kids that are going to school. Lord, I pray that uh, you show yourself in power in this community that no one could deny, no one could deny that you, Jesus Christ, are Lord. Uh, Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Okay, um, uh, we're going to continue in Proverbs. And, uh, you know, when you're ever driving in the mountains, you've been driving in the mountains and, and you don't really have to deal with that here in Florida, but uh, too many places. But, but, you know, you go on some highways and you'll see a sign that says watch for falling rock or say falling rock, that there are going to be rocks uh, coming down in your head if you're not careful. Well, I want to talk about words in that same sort of way. You know, Proverbs, it talks about several recurring themes. I mean, it talks about wisdom over and over again. It talks about righteous living. It talks about traveling in numbers. If you look in, in Proverbs, it says, you know, you shouldn't be doing this spiritual walk alone. You should be doing it with other people. But it talks about words an awful lot, too. In Proverbs 13 Verse three, it's the first scripture I want to share with you. It says, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. And I just want to translate that into the King Walter Bible. Uh, and it's this way. Watch for falling words. Watch for those words that just come crushing down. Words have great power. You know, you've heard. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words could never harm me. That's not true, really. You know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can crush a soul. Words are powerful. The Bible says words can do harm. James says that, that the tongue is like a rudder on a ship. It's, it's so little, but it can, it can steer the whole ship. Or it's like a bit in the horse's mouth that, that just that little piece can, can change the whole direction of things. And words can change the course of a life. And so when I say watch for following words, I, I'm saying that watch out for what you say. And uh, the Lord shows us in detail the types of words we need to be watching out for. There, there are different kinds of words we need to be um, watching out for. Um, the first one I want to mention is coming from Proverbs chapter 10. And in Proverbs chapter 10, Verse 11, it says, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Violence. Some words are violent words. 
We need to be wary of the life and death power of our words. You know, they, they, the words have the power to righteously strengthen. I mean, when you give an encouraging word, what you're doing is you're lifting up a soul. But they also have a power to do great harm. And they're like crushing boulders. And some of the words that fall down on us, they're like crushing, brutal boulders, crushing words. And, and you know, especially in this information age, when words travel at the speed of light to tens of millions of electronic devices all over the world at the same time. Think about the power of that. And words can be brutal, brutal. You know, the, the words that come out of our mouth have the power to deliberately tear down the lives of other people. You know, I'm thinking of, of sometimes, I've heard the news several years ago of a young college student who committed suicide and, uh, two of his college classmates because of cruel and careless words. Uh, we need to be in, in, beware of the power that we have because words can be life destroying, but they can also be life building. And most of us are not aware of the crushing nature of the words that sometimes we share. So I want to say to you, be careful of those brutal boulders, those, those crushing words. Commit every word out of your mouth for God's use to build lives and not to crush lives. Now, in Proverbs 10, verse 19, there's another type of word uh, warning that we see here. And in verse 19, it says, When words are many, transgressions not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. And this is not talking about the, the brutalness of the words. It's just the volume of the words. And I think we all need to hear this. This is, this is like not just one big boulder falling rock. This is like the landslide that comes down and crushes the car. Disaster by avalanche. Uh, do you know someone who talks too much? Please do not put that in the chat bar right now. Please do not do that. But do you know someone who talks too much and keeps going on and on and on and on? Someone besides me. Okay. Uh, you ever know someone that, that they're in a little bit of trouble? <clears throat> And then they keep talking and keep talking and keep talking and they get into more and more and more trouble. And the next thing you know, the problem has grown into disastrous proportions. This is what I'm talking about. When words are many, transgressions is not lacking. Or in another translation, when words are many, sin is not absent. There's a danger of being trapped and overcome by the sheer volume of our words. And that's why, that's why we're always called to put some restraint on the words that we have because because a lot of our words are are useless they're not helpful so so let's be aware of not only the words that crush but the the many words that that they can sometimes come out and and cause us more harm than we need cause us useless pain uh i'm going to look at another type of word problem uh this is a uh, proverbs 12 verse 19 and in Proverbs 12, verse 19, it says this. It says, truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Uh, truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. That, that lie that is told, that deceitful word, that dishonest word, what it's saying is it's only going to stand up for a minute. And this is like a domino disaster. It's where you have, where you have one word falling down and... and you get trapped by that and it causes another domino to fall down and another domino to fall down and another domino to fall down. That's how lies work. 
You know, you, you get trapped by one lie, and the only way to cover that first lie is you gotta gotta say a second lie. And to cover that second one, you gotta say another one, and even bigger. And before you know it, you're in way over your head. Okay? It's like this house of cards that comes crashing down. Lies can only last so long. That's why it says in Proverbs twelve nineteen, truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. It just cannot stand up uh, to the truth. Truth is eternal. Lies, they will end. Truth is eternal. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The father of truth is eternal, and the father of lies, Satan, he's already condemned. Okay, so so we want to be, we always want to be on the side of truth, because anything that is even a little bit deceitful, that's belonging more to Satan than it is to the Lord. Okay, so we always need to be committed to the truth. And sometimes the truth isn't really convenient. Sometimes it's 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 easier to make the point if we spice it up a bit or make the other person sound worse worse. But you know, we really need to be committed to the truth because because if, if you're not committed to the truth, those are words that are just going to be falling down on you. They're like the falling rock that we have to worry about. So be committed to the truth. Um, let me uh, share with you something else. This is Proverbs 18. And uh, and this is I'm talking about careless words here, uh, starting at verse six. Proverbs 18, verse six, it says this, a fool's lips walk into a fight. And his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are snared to his soul. We're talking about, um, I'm just going to call it reckless rubble. It's just the rubble that's all around. You see the falling rock, and the rocks are just sort of strewn out everywhere, and you can't get around anywhere. Well, you know, sometimes we have careless comments, and those careless comments cause catastrophe. Um, you know, this, this is one of the things that gets me over and over and over again. I can say, your pastor, I can say some of the stupidest, most hurtful things when I'm not thinking. Uh, maybe it's when I'm trying to be funny or blurt out something. And the minute it blurts out, you think, oh, I wish I had never said that. Have you hated that? And then, then even after you ask forgiveness, you still think, I wish I had never said that. Uh, a fool's lips walk into a fight. His mouth invites a beating. We've got to be careful about the words we say. Don't, you know, um, followers of Jesus, you guys, every word that comes out of your mouth belongs to Jesus. Did you get that? Every word, it belongs to Jesus. If you belong to him, your soul belongs to him, your body belongs to him. Do you get it? Every word belongs to Jesus. We need to give it to him. Now, um, I want to share another kind. This is a, uh, the next one comes from uh, Proverbs 18, verse 8. And before I do, I want to share this, this story. And you've probably heard this. This has been around a while. So uh, anyway, it's not anything original for me, but it's a story. We have the three preachers. And they go on a fishing trip together. And uh, and while they're fishing, one of them thinks it'd be a good idea for them to confess their biggest sins to each other and pray for each other. And so the first preacher said that his biggest sin was that he occasionally would buy a cigar and smoke his cigar. He knew it was bad for him. He knew he shouldn't do it. But he gave into temptation and he'd appreciate their prayers. Um, the second preacher 
he confessed that his biggest sin was sometimes he went to the horse racing track and he would bet on a horse and he knew this was wrong. He shouldn't be doing this, but that was a weakness and he needed some prayer to overcome that. And the third preacher, they asked him, what's your biggest sin? He said, my biggest sin is I love to gossip. I love to gossip. So, you know, those are the two preachers. They probably felt like they were, they, they got the raw end of the deal. But here's what it says in Proverbs 18, verse 8. It says, the words of a whisperer. That's, that's the person who gossips, gossips. Proverbs 18, verse 8. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. These are, these are like the gems, the falling rock. They're juicy gems, you know. They're exciting. They're sensational. They're interesting. They're scandalous. And, you know, sometimes it's very tempting to say those things that, that we think are going to uh, get everybody excited. It says they're delicious morsels. They're tasty. Um, when I was growing up, I grew up in, in Nashville, Tennessee, and there was a, a television show that came on Saturday nights, and it was called Hee Haw. Okay, I'm dating myself, and, and go ahead, laugh at me. Uh, but they would have these ladies sing this song around the wash tub and they're singing the song goes, we're not ones to go around spread rumors. Why really? We're just not the gossiping kind. Well, you'll never hear one of us repeating gossip. So you better be sure and listen close the first time. Well, you know, that's, that's what it is. Gossip, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's tempting. Uh, when you spread sensational or intimate information about something. Uh, gossip, gossip can be true and gossip can be false. You know what, you know what makes gossip gossip? It's not whether it's true or false. You can say something true and you can still be gossiping. The question is, does my speech, does my speech build someone else up? If I'm sharing that gospel, that gossip or that piece of truth in order to build myself up, that's gossip. If I'm sharing it in order to build up others, then, then it may not be gossip. So we want to be very careful. Uh, so don't, don't just, be tempted by those juicy gems, those those uh, exciting gossip things. Okay, um, Proverbs eighteen verse thirteen. Another type of words. So we have all kind of the crushing words. We have the landslides of words. We have the careless words. We got the um, words that are juicy. The the uh, gossip words. And these were the next words are like the hit and run. This is the rock that hits you real quick and then bounces off your head. Can still do a lot of damage. And uh, it's Proverbs 18, verse 13 says this. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. Okay. If someone gives an answer before he hears, if someone gives an answer before he actually hears what the question is, that's the picture here. Okay. That's someone who's willing to do all the talking, but not interested in a dialogue or a conversation or sharing lives. That's that person that you're trying to talk to. And they've already formulated the answer before you're finished giving your point and, and you know, you're not really talking with each other. They're just talking at you or maybe you're talking at them. But um, anyway, the Bible says uh, this is foolish. It's shameful when we want to ramrod our own opinions down someone else's throat. Uh, this is a particular dan danger of email. You know, you've heard me say a lot of times that, that email can be very, very dangerous. It, I've never seen anyone resolve conflict successfully with emails. 
Honestly, I've not seen that happen. And because we can we can start writing and writing, and while we're writing the email, we don't get any feedback. And we can write and write with any feedback, with no feedback. And after all, we could start working ourselves up into a ladder. And the next thing you know, you press send, and someone received on the other end eight pages, single-spaced. And the last two pages are so hot and hostile that the screen on the other side is melting. Uh, you know, um, can I just make a suggestion to you? If you have a conflict and you're trying to resolve it with email, I think you ought to follow the seven-sentence rule, okay? The seven-sentence rule. This is the seven-sentence rule, okay? No more than six sentences of sharing your concern, and then the last sentence needs to be a sentence of grace, okay? You say, hey, I got a problem. I got a concern. This is what happened. Let's schedule a time to talk about it. And by the way, really appreciate all you do. Thank you for listening to my email and, and hoping we can we can get this all resolved. But, you know, just a seven-sentence rule. You know, can, can you just sort of raise your hands where you are and say, I promise not to uh, write a hostile email over seven sentences long. If you do that, you will do a lot better uh, in life. You'll have a lot less conflict in life. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. You know, um, it's better to spend more time listening than talking. And um, and that's the problem with hit and run words. James 1.19 says this. Uh, it says, know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. The thing we're supposed to be quick at is listening. And what we're supposed to be slow at is speaking and slow to anger. And, you know, sometimes we even do this to God. Ever thought about it? Sometimes our prayers, we're not, we're not listening in our prayers. We're just giving our grocery list to God or our concerns or our pet, pet peeves. And uh, it's like throwing rocks up at God. I think we need to be committed as much to listening more than talking. So, um, so we got these brutal boulders. We got the landslides of too many words. We got the domino disasters. That's that's the the lies that, that cause one lie to cause another lie to cause another lie. We got the careless rubble. We got the the gems of the gossip that we find, and and we got the hit and run ones. And uh, <clears throat> I'm just going back to that first verse that I went, that I share with you earlier on, Proverbs 13, verse 3. Proverbs 13, verse 3 says, Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. So what happens in this analogy of falling rock, of all these careless and destructive words that can come down tumbling on us like a, a great landslide? What happens when the debris of our words uh, just just encompasses other people's lives, our own lives? Well, what you do is you bring out the heavy machinery as quickly as you can. Okay, you, you take care of the, the issue as quick as you can. You know, Matthew uh, 15, 18 says, what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. So if there's words coming out that's causing problem, realize it's not just a mouth problem. It's a heart problem. Because your words, my words, they describe our hearts. Um, <clears throat> and so the, the irony of it, or maybe it's the poetic justice, is that the rescue from falling words, the rescue that we receive from uh, destructive words, comes from other words. It comes from 
life-saving words. And so what I want to say to us is we need to be looking for living words. Proverbs 18, 21. Proverbs 18, 21 says this, says death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. See, it's not just death, it's the power of the tongue. It's life is in the power of the tongue. Uh, there's a fellow who used to work at Yahoo. His name is Tim Sanders, and, and he, he had a book called Love is the Killer App. Okay, and he, he does leadership conferences, and he tells the story of a young manager who was challenged by a leadership conference. And, 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 uh, and so, Steve, he decided to personally visit each of the employees he supervised, and he was going to do it for one purpose and one person alone. He was going to tell them how much he appreciated them and name one thing that they did excellent. And they did excellently. So he went around to them one by one. And uh, after that visit uh, from Steve, one of his software engineers, a guy by the name of Lenny, presented him with an Xbox gaming console. Gave him an Xbox. And uh, Steve was taken aback because he knew that uh, Lenny had taken pay cuts. And, and uh, so anyway, he asked him why. And so Lenny started telling him and opening up into what was going on. And, and the year before, Lenny's mother had, had died and he got into a deep depression. And so he started going home from work and, and he'd get this routine. He'd go home from work. He'd eat a bowl of ramen noodles. He'd listen to some uh, pretty destructive music. And he'd get out a nine millimeter pistol that he'd bought at a pawn shop. And after a month... He would keep doing this. Then he got the courage to put bullets in the gun. And then after another couple of months, he got used to feeling the barrel of the gun on the top of his teeth. And for the last few weeks, uh, what was happening was he was going home, eating his bowl of ramen noodles, listening to this music. He'd get this nine millimeter gun that was loaded, put it to his mouth, and he would just practice putting his finger on the trigger just a little bit. He said, I was getting so close. I was getting so close. And last week you freaked me out. You came into my cubicle. You put your arm around me and told me you appreciated me because, because uh, well, I turned in my projects early and it helps you sleep at night. And you said I had this great sense of humor. And, you're, and you said you were glad that I had come into your life. That night I went home. I ate the ramen noodles. I listened to that destructive music. And when I got the gun out, it scared me silly for the first time. All I could think about was what you said, that you were glad I came into your life. Well, the next day, Lenny said, I went to the pawn shop, I sold the gun. And I remembered what you had said about wanting an Xbox more than anything. So, so I said, hey, you're gonna have this game. And, and that's why I'm giving you that Xbox. But he said, you have no idea how lonely and sad some people are. And they don't need bad words. They need those encouraging words like you gave them. And what I want to say to you, all of us here, is that you don't know how lonely and sad people are around you. They don't need the debris of your careless words and your destructive words. You know, they're getting them everywhere. Not just at home or at work. They're, they're all over the place. place. Remember, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so let's start rescuing people with words. You know, uh, we are rescued not, not by the words we say. We're rescued by the words we receive. 
We're rescued by the words we receive. 1 Peter 1.23 Since you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. You get that? We're rescued by words, but they're not the words we say, they're the words we see. And the one falling word that we really need to pay attention to is the one true living word of God who came down from heaven, Jesus Christ. He's the word that we need to receive more than anything else. In John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God, and he was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. That's the word that's so very important to us. And we need to receive that word more than anything else. Brother and sister, if you're not a, if you are not someone who is a, uh, uh, a believer in Jesus Christ and you're for some reason watching this, you know, I want you, I don't want you to stop listening to the words of people that are putting you down and receive Jesus Christ, the word, the living word of God. Cause I tell you, he has a purpose for your life. He will give you a new beginning and he has a future better than anything. And church family, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me this evening for Lifehouse. Uh, I uh, appreciate all of you greatly during this time. Go out, go out tonight. Be blessed. And with the words you have, bless other people. See you later.